This is the Ed Milet Show. Compete, lead, and win. Welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet, and I'm so excited that you're going to get to spend this hour with me. It's going to be one of the most life-changing, inspirational hours you've ever invested in your life or that I've ever had because of this young man sitting next to me. I was just telling his mom, on planet Earth today, of all the 16-year-olds in the world, I think this is the most impressive young man you will ever hear from at his age for a 16-year lifespan. What this young man has accomplished in his life is immeasurable compared to anybody else his age in the world. So I'm so excited to get into the story for me to hear from this special young man. So this is Cody McCaslin. How you doing, I'm brother? Good, how are you? Good, man. Good to have you here. And his mom, Tina. Nice to be here. Thanks. Good to have you. And so most of you don't know this, so I want to tell you how this ended up happening. It is crazy how God works. So many years ago, I learned about Cody. And so I had heard about his story. At that time, he was competing in triathlons at the time when I saw him. And he had just won a very significant award abroad in Europe. And so I started to follow him and pay attention to this young man because I'm always looking to be inspired. So I followed him for a few years. And then one day, I watched an interview with him and his mom. <laughs> and I'm looking at the TV camera, and I'm thinking, I know that woman. I know that face. And so that face was Tina McNeil for me, which was just so you know, my wife Christiana's best friend growing up, and we went to high school together. And then we had lost contact after high school. So can you imagine my shock when I found out this person who's been inspiring me from a distance all these years is the son of such a great friend of mine growing up. And so then, of course, we've made the contact. So the irony is unbelievable how we ended up here today. And it's so good to see you again. We've been catching up all day looking at old pictures of us in high school, and it's just, it's just a time warp for me. So. And I'm not surprised that you come from her, just so you know. What did I tell you when we were off camera? I told you what to tell you about your mom. <laughs> She's the greatest, yeah. nicest person. Yeah. When we were growing up, you just know some people when you're growing up are just good, and they're going to have a good life, and they're always going to be genuine and good, and that was Tina. But today's a lot about you, brother. Yeah. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, and it's good to be in your, in your home, too, and feel the spirit of your family. Todd's a wonderful man, too, your stepdad. and. Just blessed to be here. So let's get into it. All let's right. talk a little bit about you for a second. So if you can't tell, you can see that Cody is wearing prosthetics. And so when Cody was 18 months old, you don't remember this, but you ended up having your legs amputated, right? I had my amputation at 15 months old. 15 months. And I got my first set of prosthetic legs at 18. At 18. So the amputation was 15. Yes. And at, at 18 months old. And so that's never stopped you, though. Right. So never stopped. So talk a little bit just for a second about you right now, what you're doing in your life. You're, you're a world-class para-athlete. You've traveled all over the world. This guy's won awards at the Vatican. I mean, if we listed all of the awards this young man's won, he's an exemplary student. But how did you get to this point, man? Like, did you, what age did you start saying, I'm going to start competing? Because look, let's be honest. Yes. A lot of people that have a circumstance like that, their first inclination is, I'm going to go be an athlete, right? That's not right. the first thing you might think of. So how'd that start and how'd you get here? So I started swim classes with my mom before I even learned how to walk. So that's how I got into the love of swimming. Mm. And at Three years old, I told my mom, I want to go to the Olympics for swimming. At three years old? Three years old. Okay. So she did some research, and she found the Paralympics and got in touch with them. And from there on, I got onto a swim team at five years old, went to my first national competition at 10 years old, and just kept going on from there. Are, are you all hearing this? Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and then you also compete, just so you all know, 
you compete on the able-bodied team as well, right? Yes, yes. I practice on an able-bodied team. I go to their swim meets, and then I'm on the varsity swim team for Keller High School. <laughs> and <laughs> you all understand how amazing this kid is. So, so I want to I want to weave the story together. So, because you say that like it's like nothing, right? Like right. Ah, I decided I was going to swim when I was three. Well, you didn't have legs at the time. Right? right. So that's not a normal request of a three-year-old. Like, you're not a normal dude, right? You're, right? you're an extraordinary dude. And then to compete and say that you wanted to do all these things is unreal. But I want to go to mom for a second. So let's go all the way back because I believe, you know, I know you're a person of faith. You know that I am too. And so um, I want to talk about, so you're, did you know prior to delivery that there was going to be any issues with Cody medically? No, the only okay. thing that we really thought was going to be an issue with Cody was that there was a possibility he was going to be early. Okay. I got put on bed rest at, you know, 27 weeks, okay. preterm labor. But other than that, I thought everything was going to be normal. It had been a hard pregnancy. I had been sicker than a dog. Yeah. That was it. That was it. And then, so he's born. Mm -hmm. And then how soon after he was born did you know there might be some medical issues? So went into the doctors that day and they said, today's the day. You've got to go get a C-section. He needs to come out. He's okay. no longer growing inside of you. So went down to the hospital and got checked in and went in for my C-section. Um, I knew that he probably wouldn't be breathing because he was six weeks early. So mm. I'd prepared myself mentally for the fact that mm. I needed to expect the room to be a little bit chaotic. Everybody trying to work on him, making sure he was breathing and stuff. Mm. And so when he was born, that was exactly what happened. There was no crying, there was no noise. And they mm. took him immediately to a little incubator next to where I was, but I couldn't see anything. Mm. And it was really quiet, like more quiet than I expected. Like nobody was even telling me anything. Hmm. And a couple minutes later, he was breathing, screaming. Okay. And they wrapped him up and brought him over to me and said, okay, we're taking him now. Hmm. And they took him to the NICU and his father went with them. Hmm. And they, you know, normally stitched me up and got hmm. me all cleaned up and everything and put me in the recovery room. And as far as I knew at that point, he was fine. Okay. He was just a preemie. But then I was in recovery, so maybe 30 minutes after he was born or so, his dad came in and told me that um, the doctors had said to prepare for him to die. Mm. And I, all I can say is I had a pure sense of peace over me. Wow. It was as if the Lord just kind of surrounded me and said, no, he's fine. He, wow. he absolutely mm. is fine. And I looked at him and I said, no, mm -mm. he's fine. He's going to be okay. Did you verbally say that? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And his dad said to me, Tina, we've been told to call a pastor in. He's, he's going to die. And I just said, no, I don't believe it. He's not going to. And that was that. I mean, I was just kind of, it was going to be okay. You had a knowing that he was going to be okay. I just did. Yeah. I just had a knowing that he was going to be okay. Mm. And a little bit later, they came in and said, okay, here's the deal. Cody has some very significant differences. He has mm. some major intestinal issues. We're not sure if he has normal kidneys. Mm. He needs to be transferred to a different hospital. Mm. So they did. They took him to a different hospital within probably two hours of his, his birth. Um, and got a call that night from a surgeon who said he's going to have surgery tomorrow. He needs to get a colostomy. He has some intestinal issues and that's the only way he's going to be able to um, stay alive for the, the next you know few months until we can figure out what's going on with him. Mm. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. Mm. He'll be okay. He'll be mm. fine. And I never let any of that get me down. I knew that it, it, there was just a piece, a real piece over me that Cody was going to be okay. Did you know when we were growing up, I'm just curious, I was just, like, <laughs> I was just thinking, no, I really like, the Lord chose you, 
right? Like this all happened for you and not to you. In hindsight, that's obvious, but at the time it wasn't. Did you know you were like, have you always had this sort of strength or was it revealed to you in this moment? Because I think a lot of times people that are watching this, they'll hear from you and think, I don't have that kind of strength or I don't have that kind of faith. But sometimes it's in that moment that you find it, right? So did, are you even surprised by how strong you were during that time? Or were you always this way when we were kids and I didn't know it? No, I don't think I was necessarily. Yeah. I think everybody has different points in life when challenges confront them yeah. and they have two options. They can become the victim of that yeah. and run away and hide and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah. Or they can stand up to it and say, you know, there's going to be something positive that comes out of this. Amen. It's all in how you deal with issues. And I just absolutely knew that all I could do was be there for him. I can remember there was a day when I did get down. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Of course. There was obviously times where it was very overwhelming. He was medically very fragile and very sick. Yeah. And they came and said he was going to have to have another surgery. Mm. And I was like, gosh, this poor little guy, another mm. surgery. Mm. And I was talking to my mom about it and I was crying. Mm. And she said, Tina, you have two choices right now. You can cry and, and, and wallow in this, or you can take this as you need to be there for him. He needs mm. you right now. You mm. need to be strong for him. Mm. And at that point I went, you're right. True. I need to be his rock. I can see it on your face still. It's interesting because you played the support role, but you're also the leader. And I think it's important for people that are listening to this, because a lot of people that are listening to this are in different businesses, they're in different things, and some of them are the support piece. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have to think, Tina takes all your excuses away. You're having a hard time supporting someone because they're not making enough money, right? Or they're gone too much. This is a woman who needed to be there to support a baby who was having multiple surgeries over and over again. That's something that takes some strength to support, right? And so if you compare the two, you certainly can find the strength she found because what she had to find was far more profound than what you did. So Cody was born, I, I learned a little bit, you weren't born with your, your, you had some intestinal issues like your mom was talking about, right? And then also talk for a second if you can, maybe, maybe your mom's more familiar with this, but I'd like you to answer it if you can your tibias weren't formed or didn't exist in certain places right. in your legs. Is that right? What, yes. Tell us a little bit about that. So I didn't have my kneecaps or uh, tibias. Okay. So I had my femurs, just no kneecaps yeah. and no tibias. And then I had the bones in my feet. feet. And how soon did you find that out? Well, so it was a process because when you're born, your, your bones are not calcified, so yeah. you can't even see them on an x-ray. Yeah. And so the doctors were actually feeling around and they thought on his right side that he was missing those bones. Okay. But on the left side, they actually thought they were there. Okay. They thought they might not be fully developed, hmm. and, but they thought they could maybe do surgery on them to make them work, okay. usable. Okay. And so when he was about a year old, um, we decided to go to a secondary hospital in Pittsburgh, or actually, I'm sorry, Philadelphia, okay. just to kind of get a second opinion because it's okay. a big decision to make of, of what you're going to do when, when you're talking amputation. That's life-changing. Right. And so we went to another doctor and they said, absolutely, we agree with the first doctor. There are no tibias in either leg and there's no patellas, no knee bones on either mm. leg. And so the best option for Cody would be to have them go ahead and amputate through the knee, no bones getting cut at that point, mm. and give him the opportunity to walk on prosthesis. Now, mm. we did not know whether or not he would walk for sure. Yeah. He had enough differences where his hip wasn't um, created normally. It was mm. just, it wasn't a a good fit so mm. we knew that we knew his muscle tone in his legs was different his mm. muscle tone in his glutes were different yeah. and so whether or not he'd be able to actually get up on prosthesis was still not known <laughs> but the whole thought behind it was Cody's legs weren't normal yeah. they looked like a frog yeah. 
Yeah. They sat like a frog. They could not get straightened. Clothes mm. didn't fit him correctly. He could not wear tennis shoes because his one of his foot was clubbed under. Wow. And so for Cody, his legs really just dragged behind him and got in the way. Yeah. And so even if he was not able to use prosthesis, mm. he'd be in a wheelchair. Okay. Well, in a wheelchair, again, he's going to be sitting in a position that's very abnormal. Yeah. And so he was going to be more normal without that part of his legs yeah. than with it. What a massive decision, though. I mean... How many surgeries, so 15 months, how many surgeries did he have before the 15 months? Did he have other, <laughs> would you say the first 15 months, roughly how many surgeries did Cody have, including this one? You know, probably somewhere about nine or 10. Yeah, yeah look at this. So I, I giggled earlier, because I'm mm -hmm. so joyful about where you are. I giggled when you were telling that story, ironically, because I was just thinking, you know, you're wrestling with these first 15 months, and obviously after that too, but you have all these issues you're wrestling with to think that during that time, this boy of yours is gonna to go to the Vatican and win an award and gonna compete internationally in sports. Like, it's just amazing, man. It's just amazing. And that's why I found you. I'm like, it's I'm, here I am, I'm in my mid-30s, and there's this boy from a distance who at the time you were like six, eight years old when I was hearing about you originally. I didn't know that Tina was your mom. And you're inspiring me, you know? I mean, like... And all of you have something where you could be inspiring, you could overcome. Cody takes your excuses away. Tina takes them away. I, want, I just was curious about this though, because as a parent, what's it like, just for a second, we're gonna get to you now, brother. But what's it like, what's it like, you're driving to the hospital that day and you know your, your, your 18 month, your 15 month old rather, boy's gonna have his legs amputated that day. What's that like, how do you, how do you get through something like that? Was it your faith? Was it uh, help people that are, they're going through something they think is major, mm -hmm. which isn't comparatively speaking probably, but what was it that got you through those decisions, through those moments? Because you clearly made the right decision, yeah. right? So what was it that got you through that? You know, part of it is definitely faith, knowing yeah. that everything happens for a reason. Mm. And I, don't, I knew I didn't know what that reason was at that point in time, yeah. but I knew that through figuring out different processes of um, what was wrong with Cody, what would be the best outcomes for Cody, mm. having that knowledge, plus having faith that the Lord's gonna provide us the tools that we need to get through things. Wow. We just have to choose to use those tools. Mm. This surgery really was a tool. Mm. It was gonna help him have a more fulfilling life in my mind. Mm. And I'm not gonna say that there wasn't tears that day because yeah. there absolutely were. Yeah. Anytime your child has a surgery, you're sure. scared. Are they going to wake up? Yep, sure. And so that really wasn't any different than any of the other surgeries, surgeries okay. prior to that. Yeah. The big thing was the doctor actually warned us for this. You're going to have to sign a piece of paper that says we can dispose of his legs. Yeah. And it was like, okay, mm. what's that going to be like? Yeah. And they told us about it beforehand. Mm. And I have to tell you, honestly, that day, mm. that was not a big deal. It wasn't. Not it wasn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was your well-being. It was probably the big deal, right? Mm -hmm. So you go from there. Yes. All right. So here we go. Now we're going to go on this ride, this 16-year <laughs> ride, right? So you were in the pool actually prior to this happening, though, weren't you? Yes, I was. You were in the pool before your amputations. That's yes. how much you loved the water. So what is this deal, man? So you, you're different. Like you have these huge goals already. Like it's not normal for a 16-year-old mm -hmm. to have such bold, ambitious goals, and then you just knock them down and crush them too. So go back a little bit earlier. So you're this little guy. What age do you first remember like wanting to compete and wanting to win in swimming or the triathlons or the other stuff you were doing? Probably when I was about four or five when okay. I uh, joined a swim team okay. over in Colleyville. Okay. And that was my first time swimming on a competitive team. Okay. My first time 
uh, starting to work out in the pool a bit more. Good. First time going to swim meets. Good. Were these all para meets when you were going to them, or were these? No, these were all able body. Okay, meets. come on, man. So you go into that first meet. You're four or five years old. You know that you're a little bit different looking than these other kids, right? Yeah. Were you nervous? Because here's the thing. Why do I ask you? I want to give everyone a lead in. Everyone here is thinking about doing something new. It might be walking into a new business or walking into a new relationship or, you know, maybe they're having a setback. They're going to walk into a smaller home or start over again, right? You're a four-year-old, man, <laughs> and you're going to go into a swim meet with kids who are able-bodied, right? right? Did you have anxiety about that? Do you remember that? Or are you like, no, I'm just here to kick some butt? I was excited, actually, I think. I was ready to go. I was uh, excited to swim. What Do you think that's... Because your parents, your mom gave you such confidence at home, or are you just like wired like a freak? Like, are you just, like, what do you think it is? I think I've just liked being in the water so much that if I was in the water, I didn't care. Yeah, so it was, you were doing something you loved. Yeah. That's really what it was, yeah. Were you any good at first? I was beating people with legs, so yeah. You were? Yeah. You were beating people with legs, like even in, like, four, five, six years old, you were starting yeah. to win already? That's unreal. What was when you were younger, like, one of the most significant achievements you had swimming? Did you like win a big meet? Did you, anything like that when you were a kid? It's probably when I started to get to travel a bit more is okay. when I started. Where have you traveled to swim? I've gotten to go across the U.S. I've been to Canada. Uh, this summer I'm going to Ireland for swimming. Yeah, this is big. Tell them about that. What are you doing in Ireland this year? Yeah. This is huge. So this summer in Ireland, I'm going to compete in the 2018 IWAS Games. Okay. And I applied for this in December, okay. and the team was picked in January or early February. Okay. And we get to—it's a group of 29 people. Yeah. Only four of those people are actually going for swimming. The rest okay. are going for track and field events. Is this a USA team? Yes, this is a USA so team for your country. Yes. <laughs> So awesome. Yeah, that's a big deal, dude, just yes, so you know. That's a really big deal. So you've done that. You've been all over the world. The other thing you've done that where I first saw you, too, is like because of what you've been able to achieve and because of what you're able to do, and you do it. I love how you think. Like, to you, it's not a big deal, but to the rest of us, it's a big deal, right? So, <laughs> But you've actually inspired people in other places. I watched this thing. I want you to talk about this just for a second. A lot of the wounded warriors founded you, found yes. you, right? Because a lot of these these guys that were in combat that had an IUD or something like that, and they lost a leg or lost both limbs, you've inspired those guys too, right? Like this message has gotten out there. Your story has to those guys. Talk a little bit about that. Have you have you ever met some of these guys? And how's that how's that gone? Yeah. So when I was younger, I would go down to San Antonio, where the wounded war or where the wounded veterans hospital was and I would go and talk to them and I'd let them know. How old were you when you did that? How old was I? I was like I'm 10 seven, or eight, seven. Nine, 10. He would yeah. go down there and speak to the wounded warriors, the vets, yeah. at seven or eight years old. Yeah. Okay. And I'd tell them, hey, look, I'm swimming, I'm running, I'm still doing everything that I could do with legs. So you go and uh, you losing your leg, you can still do all of this. Oh my gosh. It might be a little different, yeah. but you can still do it. You can still enjoy life. What made you do that? I just mean, I liked to share my story. I mm. liked telling people, hey, look, you think you're having a bad day? <laughs> look, you can do all of that. Right. I'm doing all this stuff right. here. Right. 
does it ever surprise you that you do all this stuff? Like, do you, I mean, because other people react to you a particular way, right? Or is it just like normal to you? Like, I'm just going to do this stuff. Like earlier, we took some footage in the backyard. We had to walk up this hill. And I'm like, well, it's a pretty steep hill. You're like, nope, I got it. I'm going to do it, right? Like, and it, it wasn't easy for you, right. but you didn't really care. It's almost like you just said, I'm going to do it, and then you just did it. Is that yeah. sort of how you are? Yeah, it's pretty normal to me. If I see a challenge, I just go right for it. I might have to tackle it a bit differently, but I go for it. Oh, man. You're, you're there, just so you know. Like, lots of people right now are trying to keep their car on the road that are listening to this, or they're so inspired. They want their kids to see this. And so let's talk a second about, so you, obviously there's all these achievements, and we're going to move through all of them. It's hard to do in an hour because there's yeah. the list is gigantic of the things you've achieved already. But talk about this for a second because Tina was saying this too. Either one of you can answer this. We can start with you. Pete, you, you look different right? Yes. You, you, you acknowledge that when you're out, you look different, right? And so how should people react to somebody that's different than them? How should they react? They should treat them just the same. Mm -hmm. They should go up to them if they have a question and ask questions. There you I go. hate it more when you just have people staring at you and they you yeah. know they want to ask a question, but they don't. Okay. Because if they don't ask a question, they're just going to have that with them for a long time and they're just going to regret it because they're going to see another person someday along the road and they're going to be like, don't ask a question again. Hmm. So you prefer someone to come and say, hey, what's going on? What happened yeah, to your legs? Yeah, I'd prefer that. Hmm. And you agree with that too? Absolutely. I think we as humans have this just desire to have an appropriate behavior in front of people. And too. what we think is appropriate is maybe not tackling subjects that are more challenging. Hmm. And so when someone looks different, people say, oh, shh, don't talk about that, especially to their children, because children have no filters. Right. <laughs> and so when you're out with your kids, I mean, I'm sure your kids did this. Yep. They might say, hey, look, that person's got crazy hair. Oh, yes. look, that person's got tattoos. I just heard yep. a funny one about that, that someone said their kids saw someone's tattoos and said, I want stamps like that. Stamps. <laughs> yeah, so right. kids are going to say whatever right. they want. Well, right. kids see these and they would say, look, he has robot legs. That, you've actually heard that term before? Oh. Yeah. Oh, tons yeah. of times. Okay. And it's not a big deal, really. I mean, yeah, they're cool. They're robot legs. They're different. So if you're going to let kids ask those questions, they're yep. going to learn and they're going to become more aware of what's happening around them. Yep. And they're going to learn that things aren't to be ashamed of. I mean, what is what is shameful about having prosthetics? Nothing. Right. Nothing, right. That's a that's so good for us all to hear, though, because even me, you know, I'll see somebody in a certain situation, I'm thinking, I don't want to make them uncomfortable by looking at them sometimes. And so it's just a great lesson. I mean, you're right, kids don't have that. But, but this, so, but like, so you all know this, too. Like, this dude's done horseback riding. He's done flipping soccer. He's done triathlons. He's done all kinds of sports, just... You love swimming. That's yes. what it's become down to. Yes. But are you going to, your mom was telling me, are you going to maybe get back in and do a tryout? He's got, you got a disc issue in your back, yes. right? So on top of that, he's developed this disc issue in his back. But you're going to do a triathlon again? Yes. For uh, So our high school swim season has finished for the year. Okay. And after the season finishes, you have three choices. Okay. You can do water polo. Okay. You can do triathlon. Or you can do off-season swim. Okay. Now, I was tempted to do water polo, but yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. that wouldn't work out too <laughs> right, well. Right. <laughs> and then I did off-season swim last year, but I just wanted to do a bit more cross-training this year. Okay. So I decided I'll try triathlon this year man that's yes. bananas i love that you're gonna kick some tail at it i just i just like i wonder when you're watching this like what your excuse is because it's i think just haven't been around you too i think it's like you just don't have limited thinking 
Like, I don't think you think in a limited way. Like, I, I think in, adults suffer from this too. It's like, well, I can't do that because I don't have this money, or I can't do that because of my circumstances, or when my kids get older, or whatever. You come up with these excuses, you just don't have them. You're like, no, I want to do it, I'll figure. You'll find a way to do it, is what yes. it seems like with me, right? Talk about that kind of perspective. You have this thing you talk about, pause can. Pause can. What yes. the heck is that? So, pause can is a positive attitude or positivity okay. with an I can attitude. Okay. Pause can. Pause can. I love yes. that. Okay. And it just sums up what I try to be. Mm. I try to always share my positivity and I can attitude with others and mm. show them that I might not have legs, but I'm still right. <laughs> happy and I'm trying everything I can. Dude, I love that. I think I may steal it from you. <laughs> it is, it's really good, but that, that is really, do you have, uh, I wanna ask you hard things now, not the softball stuff. So do you have things in your life where they, can you think of a circumstance you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Do you have doubts and then you just overcome them or do you just think you can do anything? I'm interested. Everyone has doubts at some point in their life. Mm. It's just, do you, you have to go through those doubts. You have to mm. work through them mm. and not just turn away and say, oh, well, I'm not going to try it. It looks hard. Yeah. You'll just try. Yes. Yeah. Have you had setbacks before? Definitely. Like when I was little, I wanted to run mm -hmm. and we didn't know how that would work or anything. Mm -hmm. So we went to the doctors and said, Cody wants to run. Mm -hmm. And they went and talked and I ended up being at the time one of the youngest people to receive running legs. Now though, they suit people up with these running legs at two, three years old though. Unbelievable. I watched a video. I think we'll probably feed this in here a little bit, Nico. You'll feed this in here. And I watched this video of the day you gave another boy his legs. Do you remember that day? Yes. Yeah. And when the first thing you did is you go, hey, come on, run like this. And you just did it. <laughs> yes. I thought there was a huge lesson that one, I could see the joy on your face for giving, which is just like you did with the warriors. You love to give, you love to inspire. Honestly, think this. I think the Lord had this happen for you because you have this giant heart to give and to because a lot of guys could even go through this, win, and they still don't have the heart to give it. Like, you want to spread this, right? But what yes. you did that was so perfect, you go, come on, and you showed him. You didn't just tell him. You showed him. You guys went running off together, and yes. all of a sudden, he's running, and you're running. Do you love that? Because I think you could do this as a speaker, too. I've told you this, right? Like, do you love inspiring people? Does it make you feel good? Is it something that you're conscious of doing when you do it? Yes, I love inspiring others. I love talking and sharing my story with others. It's a great feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and is he, um, I'm going to ask you, Tina, like, when you watch him, we, you, have, you love all your children, obviously. They're all special. We were talking about all your children, and you could tell me all the great things about every one of them. But one of the things about him is, like, he sets big goals. He does. Right? Like, and so talk a little bit about, like, I want kids to hear this because a lot of kids watch this. Cody's ability to think about what he wants and do them in a big way at a young age. Tell Just how he's unique in that regard. Yeah, so Cody, as young as, like you said, three years old, was already talking about wanting to go to the Olympics for swimming. Yeah, not just and swim. Then, yeah, <laughs> and so then it's like, okay, well, we can't just squash that. You have to have that spirit in a person, and so... Pa parents, listen to this. Don't yeah. squash that, right? Don't squash your kids' goals, right. because that's their dream. We mm -hmm. don't want to put our expectations on our children. Yep. And so our job as a parent really is to help them you know, find a way to reach those goals mm. to their fullest potential. And so mm. what we did with Cody was obviously we got him onto a swim team. That mm. was the first step. But we took baby steps along the way. Mm. And so, you know, the first goal for Cody, as funny as this sounds, was beat a kid with a, beat an able-bodied <laughs> kid, beat yeah. a kid with legs. Yeah. And the minute he did that, it yeah. was like, 
I beat a kid with legs. <laughs> and it was the funniest yeah. thing. That was his thing when he got yeah. out of the pool that day when he had yeah. that, that race. Oh, man, what a day. And then from there it was, okay, indip- individual goals. This is your times that you've had up to now. And we do this mm. still. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to beat that time. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing this against yourself. Don't be yeah. comparing yourself to anybody else. Compare mm. yourself to your, yourself. Oh. That way you're not letting anybody else down. You're not letting yourself down. Huge All you lesson. can do is get better than yourself. Yeah, and you might be faster than them, and comparing yourself against someone who's slower than you doesn't serve you either, right? Yeah. That's right. A huge. That's such a huge lesson is not to compare yourself with other people because, one, you may not be where they are and it hurt your, you know, your ability to get better, but also you may be better than them. Right. You should be right. competing against yourself. So here's how big this dude's goals are, right? This is something so impressed. Tell everybody what you want to be as a career as you get older. I would like to be a pediatric anesthesiologist. Yeah, and how do you know that already? Like, So I figured that out when I was about three years old just because of how often I was around the hospital yeah. and in surgery and stuff yeah. that being around doctors that kind of just pulled me in and I yeah. liked my, anesthesi- my anesthesiologist yeah. so I kind of just clung on to that. Yeah, but you haven't just had it as a goal. You've also taken some action towards that goal. What have you yes. done already? This dude's 16. He swims. He competes. He's a 4.++ GPA. Straight A's in almost every AP, etc. class. But on top of all that, you've already taken steps towards that goal at 16 years old. What have you already done for that? So I've already gone up to the hospital. I've gotten to shadow a general surgeon. Uh, I've gotten to shadow a little bit of an anesthesiologist mm-hmm. and a neurologist. Mm-hmm. I'm on a after-school program called HOSA, okay. which is Health Occupation Future of America. Okay, something of yes. America. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, what it is, is you pick a competition that's in the medical field type thing. I did clinical nursing. Okay. You take a uh, quiz online. Okay. And if you place in the top 10 in your area, you go on uh, to region. Okay. And then if you do Dude. top two in region, you move on to state. Okay. And I got first place. Oh my gosh. So I'm moving on to state. You're going on to state? That's awesome. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. That's so great. You um, see, he, I, I think there's formulas, there's recipes to your success. One, that, that pause a can attitude that you have, I think is huge. I think you set these big goals, but the other thing you do is you take action towards them. You just try. Yes. It's like, you just try. Like, I don't think you're afraid to fail. I think that's right. one of the strengths of you. I want people to hear how they can impact someone's life in any career, though. Tina, you don't think it's coincidental, and he mentioned it a little bit, that he wants to be an anesthesiologist, right? One of the reasons is why there was a particular special person, right? That Mm -hmm. just tell, I want you to know that when you go the extra mile, when you do something special, you can change the world. Because think about this, go ahead, tell the story real quick. Yeah, so Cody's had, or he had had the same anesthesiologist for many of his surgeries, Mm -hmm. and she was just a very loving person, nurturing person. She would pick him up and carry him back to surgery, give him stuffed animals beforehand, mm-hmm. come and check on him in his room and just built that bond with him. Yep. And I think that does go right along with what you're saying. When yep. you pay that little extra attention to somebody who yep. might be having a bad day at work yep. or if they're not certain of their own path and you yep. kind of give them just a little bit of positive feedback, yep. it really can help them have that inspiration to move on into what they're looking for. And so Cody, you know, not only did he like her, Cody likes to help people. Yeah. Um, he's not scared of being around medical things. And mm. I think for him, it's always been that I know I can help somebody if I'm in medicine. Mm. And he can have the empathy because he's been there. Yeah, you know, see, you can change the world in so many different ways. Like, she didn't know that, but as she's carrying this little boy back and doing that little extra thing and caring for him, he's falling in love with her indirectly and wanting to be her someday, right, in that time. And the person she picked to do it for is a world changer. 
right? So she indirectly changed the world through this guy. It's like amazing. Just you plant these seeds and the harvest is beyond what you can even imagine, right? So she didn't know she was planting these seeds in this magnificent human right here and you end up being the world changer. So talk a little bit to kids for a second. All right. So, and this, you didn't know I was going to ask you this, but I want to just ask you this. <laughs> this is okay. There's kids out there that are your age that are partying all the time. Mm -hmm. They're not, they, and they have perfect legs, mm -hmm. right? They have all the ability in the world. They have all the opportunities in the world and they're blowing it already right now. A lot of you have kids that aren't taking their grades seriously. They're not taking their life seriously. They're not getting focused. And then there's a dude like you, right? So just not, not bragging, not preaching at people, but <laughs> what would you, you had a 16 year old friend right here and he's like, hey man, I'm kind of sloughing off. I can't get focused. Maybe he doesn't believe in himself enough. What would you tell that buddy of yours, that 16 year old buddy of yours? If you have a positive attitude, you can do anything. That's the first thing there. Mm. And you might need that extra little push. You might need to find someone uh, to help you. Yeah. Find someone, an advocate to go. find you. There you go. You found it. So talk about that. Yes. That's a, such a core part of your message. Yes. What about this advocate idea? You're not afraid to ask for help. Right. Are you? So talk yes. about that. How important are advocates in your life? So. My, one of my advocates is right here, my mom, right. <laughs> but I have tons of advocates. Yeah. I have friends, I have teachers, I have parents. Yeah. Uh, my AP at school, yeah. he helps me all the time with his problems when I'm out of school. Yeah. If I have a teacher that's not wanting to work with me, I just go talk to him and he takes care of the problem. Yes. Uh, advocates are very important because mm -hmm. if you're running into any problems anywhere, you can talk to them and they can try to help you. Brother, that's such a huge message because we were sitting over here before we were recording and Todd and you were both talking about how important advocates have been for you. Yes. And I asked you, how do you get them? You go, I ask. I ask yeah. for help, right? And not, not of us will ask one person for help. Maybe you need to ask 10, but yeah. find that mentor, right? Find that advocate. Because you haven't gotten where you've gotten alone, right? right? You've had yes. your mom, you've had these other people. You don't accomplish life-changing, world-changing things on your own. There's people around you. So it's such a powerful, powerful message. I really do appreciate you sharing that with everybody. Okay, so I told you before we were filming today, hope you're all feeling this, by the way, okay? But I told you, I said, hey, this is your old story, right? right. Like I told you, and I, I, we're, I challenged you, I said, the only way that this story is powerful going forward is the next 16 years are just as amazing, right? And right. So, so are you... Are you the type of dude who you're never satisfied? I'm just curious, like what makes you wired? Are you, are you, do you waste days? Do you waste hours? Are you always trying to do things? I'm just trying to get in like how- I'm always think? ready to move on. At swim practice, I'm always ready to be right in the water. Mm. I like to be the first one in, last one out. <laughs> are you? Did you learn that? Did your mom tell you that? Or did you just, are you just that way? I just like being in the water and that kind of just wanted to make me work harder basically. Yeah. Do you do that in school too or is school easy for you? School is nice for me. I yeah. like it there. Yeah. It's pretty easy, simple. Yeah. He says that, but yeah. he's also the kid that if you give him an assignment that's due in two weeks, yeah. he's got it done right away. Yeah. So he is very self-motivated. He yeah. doesn't like to procrastinate. He mm -hmm. likes to make sure he kind of sets goals for himself to get things done along the way and that yeah. way he's ahead of the game. Yeah. Do you, so you get to, you've observed this guy up close for 16 years, right? So what would you tell people about someone like him? What's, what is different about him? What would you say that you've observed that's different about your little boy, your now young man, <laughs> that what makes him special? What's different about him? I think what really makes him special is the fact that he's teachable. Mm -hmm. He's open to getting feedback. Mm -hmm. Not to say that as a teenager he's not defensive at times. He doesn't get, <laughs> you know, yeah. like any kid does. Sure. But 
he will take the time to listen to you and really absorb what you're saying to him. Yeah. And he's got sensitivity about himself, yes. so he's sensitive to others. Yeah. Um, but he also sets goals, which I think is so unusual for kids these days. Many Good. goals, many kids don't have goals that they put forward. That's what I think. Um, you know, they talk about adolescents now going into people's twenties because they're not getting yep. that part of their life in place while they're in middle school yep. and high school like we did. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I, and I don't know where that's come from yeah. because part of it's come from you. I'll be honest with you. I was telling Cody, the Lord chose you. You were always a little bit different. You were always a little kinder, a little more focused, a little, no, you just always were good when we were kids growing up. Just, you guys have to know how mind blowing it was for me to find out that Cody's mom was Tina. It's just, it's the most, one of the most, and then how blessed it is even that the Lord put me in this position that I can help elevate you. Right. And that little did we know, think about how amazing life is, is it where we're 13 and 14 years old, hanging around each other, mm -hmm. that somehow God would conspire to put our lives together to do this right, right. here is just amazing. When you look back, life happens for you. Not life has a you. purpose. It has a purpose. And so long as you're willing to put that purpose into motion, mm. it's great. But mm -hmm. if you're going to sit back and let, and let life happen to you, yeah. I think that's where the victim mentality comes from. Right. Yeah. You, you're not a victim, are you? No. Yeah. What, have you ever thought about that? I mean, do you, have there, do you spend a lot of time laying around going, man, I, I wish I had this or I wish I had that. I'm, I mean, do you ever? Do no. You, you don't. I might have a disability, yeah. but it's also an ability. How so? What do you mean by that? I might look like I'm disabled, but yeah. I'm in the water and yeah. I'm beating people with legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the big message here is that the disability is his legs are missing. Right. But a true disability is what's in between your head. I mean, mm -hmm. anybody that is like Cody has two choices in life. They can get up, they can figure out how to move on and walk. Big deal, walking. Mm -hmm. Kids mm -hmm. have to learn how to walk, mm -hmm. but it's whether or not you're going to let that difference about yourself affect your ability to move forward and do what you have goals to do. You can figure out how to do anything you want to. Mm -hmm. Now, we may not all be able to be Michael Phelps. And, right. You know, right. I'm never going to dunk a basketball, right? right. <laughs> exactly. But right. we can all figure out what our own yep. unique thing is about us that yep. we're really good at and go and excel in that. So long as we put those different things into place that are going to help us get there. I think a lot of people that watch this, they're so in touch with what their disadvantage is or what they're not good at. If you ask the average person, tell me five things that are great about you. They'll struggle for an hour to come up with it. You send me five things you're not good at. Boom. They can lift, they can list 50. And I also think that when you get dosed with maybe something that you're not great at, like I'm terrible at math, like I'm just terrible. Science, I could not get through chemistry. I just was horrible. Mr. Park was my yes. chemistry teacher, which we, right. So I just had this, I just had a terrible time with it. Right. But I got overdosed with other giftedness and blessings. Right. And so I think life's about finding out what your giftedness is, finding out what your blessings are, and then living your whole life that way. Right. That's what makes right. a great life. And you've done that. So you're not in touch with what the disability is really in any way. You're, you just have found ways to make yourself great no matter what. So we've got a couple couple minutes left and I, I don't want to make sure that they're they're powerful minutes if you could give a message to anybody who's going through a tough time right now this is a tough one they're going, I'm going through a tough time doesn't matter they they could be a, a kid they're not getting good grades or they're getting bullied at school or um, you know their their parents are getting divorced or it's an adult getting a divorce or their business isn't going well or there's just any pe people's lives have problems, right? And so mm -hmm. they'd look to this 16 year old dude, who by the way, is an expert at this. You're an expert, right? And that's why, by the way, for a lot of you, we're gonna talk about this in a minute, I think he'd be a great speaker 
to come speak to your organization as well. But what would you say to somebody who's going through a tough time right now? What should they do? Pause a can first. Yep. And secondly, be strong. Don't give up. Mm. It will always get better. Just make it through the tough times and it will get better. Wow. Just have, have that faith. Do you, you have, I was going to ask you, it's faith that you have that too. What would you say to somebody like that? Same thing or would you add anything to that? The only thing I would add to that yeah. is that, you know, if you have faith, mm. you have to know that there's always going to be tough times in life. The Lord provides you the good times, but he also provides you the challenges. And the only way we get stronger for those good times mm. is by going through those times where we have challenges. Mm. Um, if you can just remember that, you're going to experience some amazing different things in your life, but you've got to go through those challenges to get to that better. Place. Yeah. Did you think when he was, could you envision all of this? I'm just like, never, never. never. You know, Cody is truly a blessing as a child, but sometimes when I, as a mom, get to sit back and watch, yeah. I think, why was I picked? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why was I picked to get to see him go through what he's gone through? Mm -hmm. There's definitely, like, like I just said, there's yeah. definitely been times where it's been extremely hard. Of course. Extreme yeah. challenges. Mm -hmm. Lots of times where you cry. Why me? Mm -hmm. I will tell you, I said, why me? Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. always knew it was going to get better. You did. And mm -hmm. I get to be his mom. So wonderful. Mm -hmm. What you got is so wonderful. And it's your life has momentum, man. What it is is that your your mom was such a great mom to you as a young man, and then you started achieving. And what you're a product of, it's like people go, how in the world, <laughs> right? Like, seriously. But I kind of know. One, it's God's favor. Two, it's having these advocates, mainly being your mom. Three, it's being driven and posa can and the things that, there's this recipe, like you can duplicate this in your life, right? And then there's this other thing you have, and it's life momentum. Like yes. you get momentum going in your life. I have this theory that like momentum's this force that can get you to do from average things to extraordinary things. And that momentum was, was with effort. That momentum was that first time you got in the pool, man, before you even had your legs amputated, or that first meet when you're four years old and you have the courage to, a lot of guys, I don't wanna go, I might not. I, you, there are kids out there right now who don't wanna go to their game because they think they're gonna strike out. Right, or they're gonna not make a basket. You went to a dadgum swim meet. He went to a swim meet with no legs and then started beating able-bodied people, right? So you created this momentum by doing it. You're an example. Cody and Tina are examples of what your life can be like when you get momentum, when you have this recipe and this formula. Your challenge, young man, is that this momentum continues, right? Yeah. That you don't rest on these laurels, that you keep pushing, that you, you keep getting better. And so I wanna ask you a question. If I come back here, okay, right. and I come back in two years, which we can, okay, right. so I come back here in two years, what will I have seen you done by then? Are you going to go compete? Because in two years is 2020. Right. And there's a reason why I ask you about two years. Okay. So what are your goals? Think about that. 2020, there's a reason for that date, right? Okay. So what do you want to have accomplished by the end of 2020? What are some of your goals? I would like to be on the para Paralympic team yeah. going to Tokyo and yeah. competing. Yes. Yes. That's a biggie. And you'll be done with high school, right? Yes. Will you have your grades in check to get good grades when you get through there? Yes, I will. Okay. So how do they follow you? Because you're going to watch this young man. You're going to hear about his journey. You'll see some of the clips. We, there's only about, I don't know, how many medals are out there in the bed? <laughs> Probably about 75, 80. Like 75, 80 medals this young man's won, right? <laughs> Been to the Vatican, helped the wounded warriors, uh, spoken all over the world already, right? Been everywhere, competed everywhere. And now he's going to be representing the Team USA and has a chance by 2020 to be in the Paralympics. That's massive, brother, right? And so where can they find out more? 
more about you. What's the best place to go find you and follow you? I have multiple social media accounts. Okay. You can find me on Facebook at Team Cody. Okay. Uh, or search my name, Cody McCaslin. Okay. You can find me on Instagram, search my name, Cody McCaslin. Okay. And I'm on Twitter on at the team Cody. At, at the team Cody. Yeah, and he also has a website. Okay. Yes. CodyMcCaslin.com Cody or TeamCody.com. Okay, so there you go, everybody. So this is one of the most inspiring humans on the spinning planet right now. And I opened up by telling you that I'm so proud of my 16-year-old son, Max. You know that. And the greatest compliment I could give you is that you remind me of him in so many ways. But your story is extraordinary. It's not it's not normal. On the planet right now, people that were born when you were born, I think you're the most inspiring person on the planet right now. I really do, brother. And I wanted the world to see you and your beautiful mom, who I've known like three times longer than you've even been living, right? But I, I want the world to follow this guy. If you're interested in having him come speak to your organization, make contact. If you want to help contribute to helping this dude travel and do the different things, we're not opposed to that either. Anything you want to do to get involved and follow him, be inspired by him. And what we'll do is we will come back here in two years and we will replay the end of that interview and I'm going to hold you to what you told me because this is, listen to me, this is the beginning of your story. This is the first chapter of your life and the best chapters are coming and you're the author of them, right? We know that. Yep. There's no better author in the world. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, so good, Tina. Thanks, thank man. you. Thank you. All right, everybody, listen to me. Follow this guy. And if you enjoyed today or you're inspired, which I'm pretty sure you've driven off the road by this time and pulled over <laughs> or you're watching this on YouTube, here's all I ask you to do. I always ask you to do this. I bring you the most inspiring people in the world or the people that can give you the tools and the tactics. All I want you to do, it's all free, is just like it or rank and review it depending on the platform they're on. Make a comment, send a review, and let's max this out, everybody. God bless you. Follow Ed Milet on Twitter, YouTube, and at edmilet.com. No BS, no fluff, just the good stuff from one champion to another.